Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's Friday. It's 11.35 and that means Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM, FPM3 Marketing, and Vacuuman, who sponsored this program, is with us once again. How are you, my friend? I'm doing extremely well, Bill. So good to be back with you, my friend. Listen, uh, Vacuum Man, of course, handles all things, uh, you know, furnace-wise, everything else, and in duct cleaning for, uh, you know, uh, dry vents and all sorts of other stuff. But uh, you, you are an expert in this, and I know you have been for some years because you, your dad started the business. So I mean, you learned at his knee, so to speak. <laughs> it's cold. It's February. Uh, you know the, that little spring fling we had there in the middle of the week, where it was up around fifteen degrees, is long gone. Why is it in a house and? that sometimes one room is warmer than the other one is you know, got a draft and the other one is hot. It's the same house. It's the same furnace. I, I can understand that with some of these big, huge houses that you know, the people have these old ones, you know, almost century homes, but in modern day houses, shouldn't there be an even flow of heat? You're right. Cold temperatures are upon us. And and this is a big question. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because it is probably the number one question we get from many people in their home. Um, what happens is people say, geez, this room seems a lot colder than the other room. And um, and and one of the answers I always try to say, you know, like, well, is, you know, is my furnace working properly and otherwise? But really, you know, it's uh, depending on the structure of your home. Older homes, when you put a furnace in, you want to have the center piece, you want to have the most center part of your home. In larger homes, you may need two furnaces to help with the uh, circulation of air. But the biggest one I wanted just to bring up, Bill, is that if you have a home and your room is cold or you're, you're, you feel like it's hot in these rooms and, and really cold in this far bedroom or otherwise, a lot of the reasons is because of the bends it takes when you run the air duct from the furnace out to the room itself. If it bends uh, 90 degrees or less, it actually will restrict the air by up to seven square feet. So uh, I use this as a, say, a third floor back bedroom in, in, in the house. We just looked at it this past week and they were like, what can we do to help? You know, my poor daughter's room is really cold. Want to increase the, uh, the amount of heat in here. Well, it, there was about four bends in there. So that's 28 square feet of air loss. Uh, meaning that the air is not able to get up to the room correctly. So just a few suggestions that you may want to look at. Number one is that rooms you don't go into, like a bathroom on a main floor, or a, a powder room or otherwise, block that register. Close the door. You don't need to keep your bathroom super warm unless, of course, you're bathing in it. Um, that will force the air up into the other rooms. You may have a damper down in the basement. Make sure that you flip it open so that way you can get the air circulated correctly. Uh, those are just some quick tips. Or... Make sure you check your furnace filter. If it is plugged, it will then force the furnace to work harder, but it may not be able to get the airflow to the rooms that you're finding just aren't getting warm. There you go. And uh, good advice in a very timely fashion, too, because as I say, it's chilly. It's going to be chilly uh, for the next little while, too. Uh, we want to talk about batteries. And, you know, with uh, the EV industry is, is all news all the time right now. We're getting some conflicting stories about what's happening in the States and what's happening here. The, I think the consensus is uh, we can't rely on China for batteries and battery parts anymore. We're going to have to start doing them here yeah. if we want this industry to succeed. And, and I know that we're doing what we can here in northern Ontario, although we're some years away from this. But I understand that Ford is actually investing a lot of money in, in a plant in Michigan that's going to start developing batteries. Yeah, we're going to see that on both sides of the border. I know in Ontario, they just made the announcement this past week at Magna with regards to their investment, like 470, I think it was million, if I'm correct, in regards to that. But the big one and why I wanted to bring this topic up, Bill, is exactly that. Ford is committed 
to creating batteries. Not only are that, you know, we're really in this stage now. We're we're in this development stage of electric cars are here. Now they need to be improved. And Ford is really much making that jump into that. So again, this is why kids your periodic table uh, is because now more than ever, you need to understand how these products are being developed. So uh, there's now uh, two types of batteries, Bill. Um, there's the nickel cobalt manganese, uh, which is uh, NCM. Uh, and then there's the iron phosphate. Not that I want to make this a science class, everyone, but the reason why I bring these two products to light is that they've determined that the cobalt is a capacity to create a, a battery, which right now Tesla and Ford are working with. The iron phosphate is the one that they want to start making batteries with, mainly because cobalt is almost like uh, blood diamonds. If you remember the the topic of diamonds being right now a uh, uh, heart, you know, uh, uh, mind and otherwise, and it, and it really in 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 different countries that have you know got deep concerns on it. Cobalt is almost like that. So when we take a look at where we are today, the Ford company has uh, innovatively started to really invest into that with a billion dollar factory. And why I share this with everyone that it's important is that the element of electric vehicles, trucks, cars, or otherwise, are going to now last longer, so you're going to get more mileage out of it, and they're going to be charging faster. And that's the big thing. When we talk about electric cars, it's still a big concern is, of course, uh, battery anxiety. Am I going to have enough power to get to where I need to go? Many people are still questioning. Those that drive it, uh, a friend of mine was driving a Tesla from uh, Waterloo down to Lund uh, down to Windsor, Bill. This true story, he had 90% leaving from Waterloo, and he called me from London because uh, that massive uh, windstorm we had put so much pressure on the on the electric vehicle that more or less the Tesla told him, you need to pull over, you're not getting there. So, um, you know, we're, we need more capacity to be able to use it, distribute it better. And Ford's being one of those uh, companies, uh, uh, and I'm not in a big endorser of Ford, otherwise I'm just making a point that they're investing for the future of using better minerals for electric cars for the future. Well, because that's Canada, and and I know you've talked in this program before that we've made huge strides in dealing with weather, and you know it's different here than it is down in Southern California where they test drive most of these things, uh, and they get that now, I, I and that's good. Uh, but there are still some things that are inevitable, like you say, a windy day, a bitterly cold day, um, you know, just like you know, <laughs> a bitterly cold day will help the you know the battery on your phone will will dry up <laughs> a lot faster that way. Well, it's the same thing too. So we're not there yet. Uh, I guess the short-term solution would be more charging stations, but that takes time and money too, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It takes time and money. And it's really, um, uh, we're in a real interesting time, Bill. And and, and when we talk about, the, you know, you're right, charging stations, the Tesla uh, has been theory, or it's been discussed that they will become very popular with charging stations versus vehicle development. Um, they might just migrate to become the new fueling stations across North America uh, because they have so many outlets that have been set up, partnerships like Walmart, uh, malls, and, and otherwise. And that may be their biggest uh, advantage uh, in the future as a company. Whereas, you know, right now there are different ports to plug in. If you use a Nissan Leaf, uh, a Tesla, a Ford Lightning, they all use different connectors to charge their vehicles. And the charging stations themselves, they, you know, I want to just make a point. They charge at different wattages. So, you you know, they're not all charging at the same consistency. You don't go to a gas station and go, well, that pump, uh, well, sometimes you do. You, you know, you're pumping gas and you're finding, well, this one pumps a little slower. It's the same with electricity. If they only come out at so much wattage or there's a, you know, a, a technical issue or electrical issue, they charge at a slower wattage. So uh, those are concerns we're still trying to get over and grapple with right now.
uh, Google Maps and uh, this new feature, glanceable direction, which I think is, you know, we talked about distracted driving and some of the problems. And we, you know, we got, a, for most of us anyway, a screen right in front of us, and we're trying to keep an eye on what's going on uh, with Google Maps. But uh, this, this uh, glanceable direction sounds like a pretty good idea. And what we noticed is that with Google Maps, they're really trying, you know, they're really getting on their toes. This is where I love competition, Bill. We'll talk about Apple Maps in a minute, but they're feeling a little bit of heat right now over at the mighty Google. They, you know, we get a little bit complacent when, you know, you're the only game in town. Well, Google Maps is really trying to invest and make themselves viable. Uh, and one of those areas is that if you're using Google Maps, whether it's Android or otherwise, you see your little car. And as you're driving, you may get the notification through your Google Assistant telling you, turn left uh, and so so many or 15 kilometers and otherwise what this new element is called glanceable direction what it's doing now is uh it's a notification and it gives you a little bit of a heads up prior to making that turn so you know so many times people drive and even old gps you'd be driving along and, and it will sell, tell you you know in 300 meters and 100 meters um this is great except you're almost wondering okay when i make a right hand turn when do I got to turn again? Or when do I have to, is the location on my left, my right? The glanceable direction, what it does is it brings a little quick notification that gives you a little more of a heads up about when you're going to turn or what you need to know about. So you're not, you're right, not distracted, not wondering, okay, if I make a right-hand turn, then what? Or do I need to know something? And many people get distracted. They try to zoom in, zoom out. They get convoluted with their, so this is intended to be safer for many people uh, when they're driving. So it's just rolling out now if you're using Google Maps and it's gonna be applicable on both Android and iPhones, Apple. So just uh, keep in mind, you may notice a few, these are all on by default, Bill. You don't have to do anything. These are just some of the new concepts coming out with Google Maps. And speaking of iPhones, uh, Apple Maps and Uber are teaming up and uh, iPhones uh, are gonna be the beneficiary, iPhone users anyway. That's right. Um, you know what? And Apple Maps, oh boy, I'll tell you, I, I don't know if you used Apple Maps I, uh, at all, Bill, on your end. I know you're an Apple user, but uh, they're really, really aggressively putting their efforts towards making Apple Maps a real player. And one of the things they're doing, again, Google, stand down, you've got some competition, is they've integrated with the Uber app. So what that means is Apple Maps is directly in the Uber app. Why that's important is anyone who's maybe driving for Uber in Canada, the United States, it will now link directly with their CarPlay. So it will make it much easier for the driver uh, to be able to accept trips, to be able to uh, know customers. Uh, they don't have to click anything on the button. They can now use their voice control to be able to say accept uh, job or otherwise. Again, safety is the biggest priority here when we're talking about these map programs, Bill, but they're also important in regards to how, in my point to this, is Apple is really starting to build these partnerships. This, this should have been done a while ago. Google should have had a partner program some time ago. I mean, it's been the majority map program. Now Apple is going out to these partners like Uber and, and Skip the Dishes, building these partnerships with these individual apps uh, to be able to make it easier. I can see even more if you're going to use the Tim Hortons app, the McDonald's app. That's probably the next step. We're going to see more Apple Maps to be integrated into those, uh, you know, retailers and, and, and restaurant programs. Uh, did the folks at iPhone, uh, I guess for that matter too, uh, 15 and, and the Pro iPhone, did not get the memo about universal uh, adapters uh, and, and, and authenticators. Uh, they seem to be going in the other direction, Adam. Well, you know what? D leave it to Apple to say, okay, well, first of all, let me preface this. The European Union gave Apple a little bit of a slap on the hand and said, stop 
being that company that has to make their, their users buy peripherals. And if you've ever mm -hmm. bought an Apple iPhone in the past, every time they upgraded, you always had to get a new plug. You had to change it because it was a lightning or whatever. Well, European Union has fined Apple enough to say, Apple is, is said, fine, we'll make it USB-C. Bill, you're going to love this. <laughs> and what made me chuckle about is the fact that, well, you can now buy the authentic Apple cable, and that will charge your Apple faster and safer, or you can get any USB charger. And what it will do is it will charge it at slower speeds, move content at a slower speed. And of course, they do preface with the, please be advised, if this is not an authentic Apple product, it may be susceptible to damage. So it's Apple's complying, but again, you're going to want to buy authentic Apple products to make sure you get the most out of your iPhone. I mean, how many times, Adam, over the years you've been doing this show, somebody said, oh, yeah, I just get my adapters. I get them at the dollar store. It's fine. It, they all work the same. No, they don't. And, they, uh, and, and your last point there, I think, is, is very important. Uh, it can damage the phone. Yes, absolutely. It can damage the phone. Uh, my daughter has an iPhone. I had it replaced with a screen. I had my choice of the authentic Apple uh, screen, or I could get the inexpensive, save about $50, $60 on her iPhone. And, you know, uh, I went a little cheap there. I'm not going to lie. And uh, anyway, what happened is now the face <laughs> authentication doesn't work. And now I'm going back with a, okay, what do we have to do to fix it? So, it, you know, Apple is, I got to hand it to it. They're a good company. And if you want it to work, you buy their authentic products, but it comes at a cost. Uh, I want to talk about uh, autonomous vehicles, and, and I know that you know we, over the years, sadly, uh, there have been some terrible stories about uh, about Teslas, and and you know because they're trying to move forward and try to be the leader in this. And there was another story, sadly, just this week about somebody who uh, who got into a, a collision because the thing was not working. Uh, but AI is working forward on these too. And th what's this story about? It? This is an Air Force uh, training aircraft that actually uh, was actually being flown by AI. Yes, this was the first ever, and, and it was announced last week. Well, they just to be clear, they've been testing it since December, Bill. Um, but the United States Air Force actually trained, uh, and I don't know much about military aircraft, but those that do, it was a Lockheed Martin Vista X-62A. Uh, apparently, that's a training aircraft that they use in the military. Anyway, they've set it up with an artificial intelligence system. And what they did was created it with the ability to, and it had a pilot. Uh, it, was, it was being flown with a pilot in the seat. However, uh, in the case of emergency, that the aircraft was actually controlled the entire flight and on several missions uh, for testing to be autonomously capable of takeoff, landing, and reaching its destination. So this is a, a, an attempt within the uh, uh, the Air Force to be able to, you know, I, I think it should have been called a drone, Bill, but I've been corrected that a drone requires a pilot, aka you need a pilot's license to fly a drone. But this was 100% controlled AI. There wasn't a controller at the end of the dashboard or on the other side of the computer. It was it took off, was given its flight instructions, its intention of what it needed to do, um, and the expectation of what the flight path or the flight pattern was to be. And it was able to fly autonomously by artificial intelligence and land with success. It was a 17-hour flight test that it was able to accomplish. Uh, very quickly, since we're talking a lot about Apple today, uh, I want to talk about the subscription plan. I mean, because it can be rather costly these days, and, and they're trying to give options here, too. What's What's the deal on that? You know, the new days of buying a phone have finally come up. And this was rumored prior, and I, I think I looked through my notes. 
they are now rolling out the subscription plan, which will make it soon a capable. You just pay your monthly fee bill and you get your iPhone. In two years, you just bring it back. It's kind of like a lease program. You, you mm -hmm. know, you lease your phone and we've seen variations of this with a lot of the providers today, but this one is actually going to be from Apple Direct. You will soon be able to get your subscription, tie it to whatever plan you want, what doesn't matter who, you, who your mobile provider is, and you will now be able to pay a monthly fee and get yourself a new iPhone every two years. So no longer uh, any of the, the, the details that go with it. The only concern that comes with it is how many iPhones are they going to be keep circulating into the, into the market? And the idea is that you just keep refreshing your iPhone with their new subscription plan that's going to be rolling out. Looking forward to that and uh, some of the feedback from it as well. We're out of time. A busy day today. Thanks so much for this. Uh, this is Tech Talk with Adam Oldfield. Uh, Adam's with us every Friday at 1130 till noon. Brought to you by Vacuman. Enjoy your uh, family day weekend, Adam. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Bill. You too. Okay. Hey, and we're out of time for the whole show, as a matter of fact. It's been a very busy day. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.